Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, Episode 3. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we're going to be talking about the 2011 horror movie Rites of Spring. And we got to be honest. Not a good one. Not a winner. We we debated not even doing this yeah. because it's it's not even entertaining. No, we both really... It wasn't like last week where we kind of... I think we both had fun yeah. with Sleeping Beauty, right? There were things that like we could get upset about like pretty viscerally and at least walk through and make fun of. Because it was... And it ultimately... We'll get really into what Rites of Spring did yeah. wrong. But ultimately, I think this was a great example of... Sleeping Beauty is a great example of a movie that tries really hard and really attempts something and uh, and fails, ultimately. And Rites of Spring is a movie that did not try and therefore failed out of not trying. It's really lazy. It's really lazy. But you know what? We're not. <laughs> and we decided, in the spirit of this podcast... We signed up to watch all of them. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to make it through. And we're going to let you guys know why this movie should not be watched. And do our best to make this an entertaining experience because... (laughs) In any case. Yeah, regardless. So so don't watch this movie, no matter what. (laughs) Please don't. Uh, So we're going to get right into it. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do some... Talk about some of the plot up front. Mm -hmm. And then we'll start discussing... Breaking breaking down some of the smaller points of of why this movie uh, was ultimately a failure. So this movie is about a town in which every... 20, 26 years. For 26 years. For 26 years, every spring. March 21st. March 21st, the, fir- the first day of spring. Spring Is it spring equinox or yes. spring solstice? It's the fall equinox and the spring solstice, I think, maybe. No, I think they're the equini and the summer and winter have solstices. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So the so spring some, equinox. Spring equinox. Uh at least five women young every, women young women the the perfect girls valedictorians the, the nice girls beauty queens beauty queens disappear all, they they're just gone no bodies in this town does not give a fuck like they, they write like, like newspaper articles are written about right. them they're like another year another great group, group of girls gone missing but what what are we going to do about it we yep. can't we have no power over this and as we far just as, don't care as far as we could tell no solutions are ever attempted no nope. they're just like oh well this really sucks mm-hmm. you know and and even though this is apparently a thing over 26 years uh two young women to the women with which we begin our story uh Alyssa and rachel yes are kidnapped leaving a bar yep. taken to a mystery location in a barn or something a, some barn um near a bunch of grain silos also yes it's a yeah a farm and um Strung up as a sacrifice for some mysterious creature. Yeah. So an old man comes in, asks them if they're clean. <laughs> takes their blood. Takes their blood. Throws it into a cellar where there's a sleeping beast. Yeah. Uh, kills one of the girls, mm-hmm. Alyssa. Strings her up. The monster takes her head. Yes. So somehow mysteriously takes her head, even though there's an animal, a big like paper mache animal yeah. head on top so of her. <laughs> the guy, the killer, he doesn't have a name. He's the, the stranger. stranger. He strips her naked, washes her, puts a paper mache cow. Is it a cow? Yeah, there's there he has multiple. Right. On her on her head. And then leaves her to and be leaves her to be well takes her to another lo- room also, because when right. Rachel wakes up she's gone. 
the, I will say the one, I, I like bringing this up, the one uh, good spot of this movie is that Alyssa's body is in no way sexualized when she is naked. It is really the one bright spot of uh, of this movie for me was that I was expecting it to be gross gross and, and, and over-sexualized and it was not at all. It was mm-hmm. very clearly like, I'm taking off your clothes because the monster won't eat your clothes. But that, yeah. <laughs> that was just, that was really yeah. about it, you know. So Alyssa escapes. She does. No, Rachel escapes. Sorry. Rachel. Alyssa's long dead. She's she's decapitated in a barn. So Rachel escapes, mm-hmm. finds Alyssa, pulls off the paper mache head. Is like, she's headless, gotta, gotta go fast, and runs away. Gotta go fast. <laughs> and runs away. And runs away. Is that it? Is that it? That's the whole, that's, that's her whole first part. So. Meanwhile. At the exact same time, <laughs> a completely unrelated plot is happening. Now, the movie doesn't do you the justice of giving you the whole story and then giving you the side story. It switches between them so quickly that you have and ar- barely... And arbitrarily. And completely arbitrarily. I think there's there's nothing wrong with the movie trying its best to switch back and forth and keep you engaged in both storylines. But it wasn't good. It wasn't well done. I would argue that... And we can get into this a little bit. We should finish the plot summary. Yes, yes. I would argue that it doesn't engage you in either storyline. It does not. Because Rachel's strung up for half of her plot line. Just crying and just screaming. Great, good acting. Great acting. She's a great, she's a good character, good actress in this movie. Unfortunately. All she's doing is, is panicking. Screaming and yeah. crying. The other storyline is, is... about a group of kidnappers. Kid, kid, ra- yeah, kidnapper ransomers, whatever. I guess they're yeah. just kidnappers. But they're doing it for a ransom. Yeah. Uh, ben played by A.J. Bowen, who is in a bunch of mumblecore horror movies. Uh, Your Next is probably his big one. Which I love, which you, you, we both love. Yeah, we both love. And he's great in that. He's great mm-hmm. in A Horrible Way to Die and several other of those, um, you know, Adam Wingard, Ty West, mumblecore horror yeah. rat pack great. stuff. Yeah, yeah, but he's great. He's great he in this movie. Does, he's great in this movie as well, yeah. Uh, his brother... Tommy. Tommy. His wife, Amy. Slash girlfriend. You keep saying wife. Like, I think they're married. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Do you have an argument that they're not? They just seem... She seems kind of freewheeling. I don't know. I can't picture them having a wedding. She's like... What are you saying about married women? <laughs> no, I just feel like... She seems like she doesn't want to be tied down. That's what I'm saying about her. She seems like... Okay. Too cool to be married to AJ Bowen. AJ Bowen's pretty cool. No. He, she is like... I don't know. This isn't really important. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, and then the last member of their little group is Paul, Paul. who's like immediately he's the gruff one. They he's don't the trust one, him at all. He has the inside man for this kidnapping they're gonna mm-hmm. do, and is really like but that's what, cagey that's, about that's it. That's clearly why they've kind of hooked up with him though, is that he's not one of their friends or family yeah. members or anything. He is just the muscle, ma- the man on the inside. Yeah. yeah. Not even he's got that. He's not even really the muscle. He does the kidnapping. He he's the brains of the operation, as in like he. I would I would argue that he's the brains. Okay, so they're planning this, then they do it. They break into this mansion, kidnap the little girl, a little girl who's seven. Yeah, young. Eight. Yeah. yeah, doesn't really put up a fight at all, but the babysitter does. So they kidnap her too. Yeah. Oh well, they kidnap the babysitter because, and this is another complaint about the movie, they're using gas masks instead of like ski masks or whatever else to yeah. to hide animal their faces. Masks, like you're next. <laughs> or animal masks. <laughs> A much better movie. I agree. They're using gas masks, and we see it from the kidnapper's point of view. We see that they're fogging up, 
And the second that Paul like tussles with the babysitter or nanny, it's more of a nanny. Because yeah, they're yeah, home. Yes, true, true, true. Tussles with the nanny, she rips it off. So it's a really ineffective. It seems like it was something they were trying to make kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like, oh, look at this new, like, innovative. You can't see their faces. It's very clouded, but it's completely ineffective and, like, useless and not so a good mask. <laughs> she pulls off the gas mask, sees his face. That's why he has to kidnap her, too. Yeah, tie her up. Yeah. So and AJ Bowen's also a really bad kidnapper. He's like failing completely. Mm-hmm. Paul's like, go get the girl because he's got the babysitter on his shoulder. Right. And uh, he goes to get the girl, the little girl who's unconscious in the hallway, and he fully like has to like throw up in his gas mask for a second. Like he's terrible at kidnapping, but he's only doing it because he's in debt, like horribly, right. horribly in debt. And what we find out is the reason they're kidnapping this young girl to ransom her is because her father fired. AJ Bowen. Yes. So this is, it's a revenge plot with money yeah. as the plus. And then they can just skip town and like forget about it all, I guess. So it's $2 million. It's $2 million. Answer. So they'll all get, fi- get 500000 This probably isn't important, but also Paul kills the wife on the way out. It doesn't really come up again. Right. It's to, I guess it kind of, kind of set up for no reason, I guess, really, just that Paul is like heartless and ruthless. Yeah. It doesn't end up mattering at all. No, not at all. But he's ruthless. And and AJ Bowen and his wife do not know about it. They're no. like totally unaware. I think that the idea is like if they knew they'd be really upset because they're moral and uh, Paul is not moral. Right. He's an asshole. So they pull off this kidnapping. They drive to a warehouse. While this is happening... God, I don't care about this. <laughs> Tommy, it really doesn't matter. Tommy is the supposed to guy. get the cash. Instead, yeah. the father that they're the person that they kidnapped from, the, the what's his name? I don't. It's your friend's name. Oh, it's Ryan Hayden. Ryan Hayden. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah. Ryan Hayden comes with Tommy and has a gun to his head and is like, oh, I'm not giving you the money. I'm Take gonna... me to the warehouse. Yeah. Wherever. I mean, these are his warehouse. But... So they get there. There's a whole standoff shootout. Because they find out that the nanny was in on it. Right. She's the man on the inside. And, was, and a, they're going to just take all the money. They're going to double cross and kill. I don't think they kill him. They're just going to... Take the money. Take Wait. the money and run. So they're, they're going to the and, million. Uh, the wife. nanny. And, yes. Paul and the nanny are going to take the money and run. From, yeah. from They're not going to share it with... A.G. Bowen or his wife or his brother. So they kill Ryan Hayden. Yeah. Again. It, it doesn't matter. matter. There's a whole there's a but whole shootout. at this moment. In busts Rachel. Rachel runs in because <laughs> she's being chased by. The creature. The creature. And this is. This this beast in the basement that eats off Alyssa's head has been chasing her. Mm-hmm. Has he been eating girls from for the farm years? To the warehouse. They must be presumably close together because they run back and forth. They go back to the yes. farm eventually. So. so, for the next half hour, the last half hour of the movie, it's every dumb horror. <laughs> They're hiding in some places. People get killed. You yeah, know. they find they find the lair of the monster. Yeah, the, the they, nest. There's a whole mistaken thing where Rachel stabs Ben, ben A.J. Bowen, in the stomach because she thinks he's the monster. Amy dies somehow. I don't remember how she dies. They all die except for Rachel. Rachel. Who drives away to a gas station, is covered in blood, is pounding on the door of this gas station. Yeah, probably another in. interesting thing that happens, but which we cannot explain in any way. Have not been able to figure out. She's pounding on the door of this gas station, and a woman comes up, sees her, 
stands there stands for a second. There ominously. You can't see her because the window is so dirty. You can just see, you gotta see her outline. And then she turns off the lights and turns around and, and goes turns, turns back away. to the back. Because we can assume, I guess, that... The people in this town know this happens. And they and, just don't care. Yeah. But this is where like, okay, so now we can... That's that's the plot. No, no. Okay, what? She... She runs, she gets in the car. Oh, she stabs him She kills, head. quote unquote. She does not kill him. She maims him enough that she's able to get away. The monster, which we're calling Mr. Springtime. <laughs> because he is the... He's, he's the god he's of the springtime. God of the and spring. he... Yep. He brings the crops and the festive... Cheer. Cheer. He makes the crops grow. Yeah. Yeah. In exchange for heads of clean girls. Of clean girls. Anyway, she kills him and she like runs away down the street covered in blood. And that's the last shot. Yeah. Which I, when I thought of it, I thought was um, an homage to the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in which she's like, she's in the back of a pickup truck in Texas Chainsaw. But here, I don't know, it just felt like it was shot very similarly. Don't you think there are a lot of horror movies done that way? I feel like I can picture it in my head of like horror movies where it ends with somebody just like running for their lives covered in blood maybe down the road i don't know i don't i really would be amazed if this movie was trying to do anything any kind of homage to any other movie yeah it's this movie has like i i guess reference reference points but none of them are that specific it's not like when we talked about scream 2 where it's like the references are so specific this is like oh uh, those vague Mm-hmm. stories where there's a god that needs a sacrifice and also those other vague stories where there's a ransom involved and there's a little girl like they were just it's such a mess it's such a mess do you want to get into why this is a mess yes i would love to so one of my main problems with it is this dual narrative mm-hmm. we don't care enough about either of these groups of people to like when when ben and his wife and brother are double crossed we don't care about them it mm-hmm. doesn't matter to us that Paul is the bad guy. When, I mean, we don't want bad things to happen. And they to, set up Paul's being a bad guy from the beginning. Yeah. It's not even like a turn. You're just no. like, oh, yep, Paul's continuing to be a piece of shit. Why am I surprised? It like, just it's doesn't not. matter. Like, it's, it just doesn't matter at all. And it wants it both ways. This movie wants to be this creature feature. Yeah. And it also wants to be this, like, like a thriller. The tone of the kidnapping plot is not horror movie at all. Only, I would say the only part that's horror movie, and I actually did like this shot, was... um. The the nanny tells the little girl her name was, the nanny's Jessica the little girl's I don't even remember um, tells her to go upstairs and get her backpack and the little girl goes into her room and the whole atmosphere is very like because you know she's about to get kidnapped yeah yeah and she goes into her closet and her backpack's on the floor and uh, Paul I guess presumably literally just jumps up and like puts her in a sack it feels it feels like an action thriller kind of thing I guess action thrillers can have jump scares in part because it's like broad daylight and it's like I don't know. It feels more suspense than True. than fear. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's a thriller. Yeah. You're right. And I just I don't think I think it's totally ineffective in part because it cuts like you said arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. It cuts rapidly. We don't care about these characters, and they're just they're completely unrelated plots careening towards each yeah. other. And it does it tr- it tries to make you care because the other thing we didn't mention is that Rachel. The oh. reason these are connected more than just them running into each other is that Rachel is. She also works for Ryan Hayden, and yeah. she's the reason that Be- Ben 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 got fired. Um, she messed up. Her whole conflict in the beginning of the movie is like, should I tell and probably get fired, or should I just keep my job because now it's all because Ben took the fall. Because Ben it. took the fall for it, and she feels guilty because she's a good person. And so it's trying to, it's trying to make us care about Ryan Hayden. Also, he comes in and he's like. 
oh honey I don't know if we'll be, we'll be able to like go to this party or whatever because I have to work late because we, we just lost, lost ten, we lost million, 10 million dollars and you really don't care like it really tries to make you feel anything for this family and besides the little girl being cute and like that's about it like you which just don't... by the way she just runs away she escapes oh yeah nothing bad happens to her no, she just runs away in the corner other than both her parents are dead her nanny was it was bad the whole time was bad the whole time and she's in a barn in the middle of nowhere and they do actually drive quite a while away from they her do. home similarly to, to how this warehouse. Like, the stranger probably drove rachel and Alyssa yeah. a pretty far way to get to this barn slash silo area so she's just you know in the middle of nowhere in the fields where mr springtime is decapitating right. but people the movie is not interested in her no. at all the movie does not care they're like oh we had to have this little girl as a plot device for this ransom, but yeah. we don't we don't we don't care about her at all. Nope. Yeah. This movie doesn't care about any of its characters. Uh, I think it cares about Rachel. I think that's probably the only person it cares about. <laughs> Maybe. No. no. <laughs> Maybe. Again, I think the actress does a really good job with it. She does. And I like I mean I like Rachel. I liked her in this movie. I um I thought she sold the like good girl in distress thing but she also like sold the time to break out of this and hit get this guy in the face with his own scythe kind yeah. of stuff she's pretty i mean i'm I'm defending her she's pretty I typical know. she's not bad she's, she's definitely not she's bad. good she's the star of this movie by far mm-hmm. and she i think sells the whole thing i just i think that she's probably she's strong there's nothing actively wrong with her. <laughs> there's definitely nothing actively wrong with and her. And she's a couple moments that I really liked. There's a, you know, there's one moment where she, um, she is running around with AJ Bowen and, uh, they want to go inside the creature's little cave. Yes. And AJ Bowen like thinks that his wife could be in there. So he lifts up the thing. It's like a cellar door. A cellar door. He lifts up the cellar door, the trap door, and she slams it closed and then kind of looks at him and like feels kind of bad about it, which I just think is like a very, like, was a relatable reaction of mm-hmm. like, oh, don't fucking go in there, dude. But then like, oh, I know, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, your wife's probably in there. Like, I should. It was just a night. It was a nice relatable moment. Um, and I like the whole beginning part with her too. I like her feeling guilty about like her still having a job even though she fucked up and lost her company ten million dollars. Was it billion or million? Million. Million. A lot of freaking money. What do they do? Just we have. Oh my god. There's no backstory. No, they do something. Also, to, he's a fucking millionaire though, so they do something like big with involving a lot of money. Yeah, I guess. Again, I, I it's and probably she has a, to have a job that's big enough to like lose that amount of money. It's probably a throwaway line. Maybe she's like a day trader or something I in this no rural town. You know, I don't know the stock markets of Wichita. We also don't know what this town is at all. We also don't know. Like, this is my big question: is like, is she even is she from the town of? Yes. Of where these murders take place. That doesn't make any sense. We have no reason to assume she's not. I know. That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why this town would be like... That's... Okay. Let's actually get into this. <laughs> okay. The the part of this movie, this supernatural crop sacrifice demon Mr. Springtime thing, is not in these characters' world. No. They live in this town. This is part of their existence, presumably, because... It's been happening for 26, 26 years. years. I mean, presumably like in like every Rachel's entire life. March 21st. Every single, like, yeah, every year. You'd think that like the, the, the town would instate a curfew, you know, no. like 
that's what the, that's the normal thing and like there's not even a reaction when mr springtime is chasing all of them where they're like this must be what happens like no no, no they I, don't know at all it's, which makes me feel like there could have been a really easy line in this movie where the stranger is like i've the the town where i live has gotten too smart they they lock up all their girls uh on march 21st i started i had to go really far away to get you there wasn't any line like no. that that would have really it, saved this movie not saved the whole thing but saved at least this element where it's like because this is the, what this uh, what this movie really reminds me of is an episode of supernatural called scarecrow do you remember that episode vaguely yeah it, it's the same it's the same exact premise of the rites of spring thing of like they have to sacrifice someone every year around the same time that was probably the fall equinox in order to keep their apple orchards alive yes. but that story makes sense because one they only take outsiders of the of the village or of the town and it makes sense because the whole town's in on it so there's no feeling of like and that's how this movie like kind of wants you to feel with the gas station thing of like no she's not getting any help because everyone in this town's in on it but we don't know that she's she's probably from this. Like it just doesn't make. There's sense. no reason to think that it's lazy writing. It's really at bad. the core of it. It's they wrote several plot points and some story beats, and they threw them in a goddamn blender. Yeah, it's very movie, frustrating. So you said it earlier. This movie wants to have everything. Yeah, it wants to it wants to be the, cre- it, the creature feature and the thriller and you know have the sacrifice and the town's in on it but they're not in on it because being on it would mean all this whole other plot device that you don't want to you're too lazy to make and that they don't want to even open up that kid yeah, no. yeah so no it's, this movie is a really messy collage of someone who's seen one of each of these movies and yeah. decided to just combine them all together and again i feel like we're talking about this with a lot of levity it's not fun it's not and i it's really not. And I, I wanted to have fun with it. I actually thought that, like, it could be more fun because it's so familiar. Yeah. You know? And I, I've constantly compared this to Sleeping Beauty um, because I think that Sleeping Beauty was also not fun when I was watching it. Like, I didn't have a lot of fun watching it. I was really angry the whole time. And I was really, like, furious at the characters and the writing and how it just went off such a cliff at the end. This it, makes Sleeping Beauty look like frightening. It's and it's super fun and like and like a great like time you you really That's mad what I'm how saying. stupid the characters are. This was just like I stopped I mean I stopped taking notes 20 minutes in cuz I was like I have nothing to say about this. I just can't even muster up any like emotions for this at all. No anger, no joy, no I'm not even laughing. It's just like boring. It's not yeah, it's not frustrating enough. It's just, I don't know. I got frustrated only at the very end. And this was another topic that I wanted to get into. Um, because he's he's been taking girls, young yes. women, for 26 years. There's this whole, he goes up to their faces really close and is like, are you clean? Are you clean? Are you clean? And they're like, what the fuck does that mean? But they're clean, presumably. It's actually really, to this movie's credit, really upsetting. Or maybe not to its credit. No. When I was watching it, I was... Upset. Upset. No, I was like in the disturbed. Wanted you to be, which yeah. is probably the intended effect. Yeah. Well, was, and, and again, to its credit, disturbing without being grossly sexual, which yeah. it could have been, but it was still. It was all implied. It was, and it was still messed up in terms of like what it means to yes. be a clean woman. Um, I don't think it means that they're virgins. I'd no, be surprised. No. It just means, I guess, that you're just like a good. You have to sacrifice someone, but like a good soul. I guess. But like, they couldn't have like found Paul and sacrificed him. Paul's a shithead. Well, Paul's a man. 
Well, this is the question. This is the big because this is uh, this movie. There's a there's a credit there's a credit sequence. A post credit sequence. Post credit sequence, which, which I, I didn't even see. No, but I for some I knew somehow. I don't know how I knew, but I was the credits popped up and I was like, this movie has got a fucking post credit scene. I just know it. Quick quick interlude on the credits. I turned it off almost immediately, <laughs> but I stayed long enough to see that these characters all have last names. And none of them were mentioned. None of them were mentioned. Except for Ryan Hayden. Except for, I guess, Ryan Hayden. I said Ryan Hayden because I saw it and it's the name of my friend. No, they say it. Okay. It's, they're like, it's, they, I think they call him Ryan Hayden. I mean, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm not even sure anymore. But I think so. <laughs> but it's just the example of the the laziness of... I've seen lots of really good horror movies where the characters only have one... Only have their first names. And they do fulfill these specific roles or tropes or whatever. And they're still good. Right. This is like, no, these are real fleshed out characters. We just don't want to do any are work. Are they? Or are did the writers get some sort of joy of like pretending like they were fleshed out characters? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, like when you like you're if you when you're young and you're writing a story and you're like, I'm going to give all these characters last middle and last names and ages and places of birth. But like, it doesn't actually yeah. matter. That's it's exactly just for what fun. It is. Like, yeah. No. Anyway. Post credit sequence. sequence. I didn't make it that far. Right. I somehow knew that there was, but I don't know how I knew it. I just in, intuitively was like, this fucking movie's got, it's got more to say. So I fast forward to the end, and it was uh, Amy. The way that this only happens once, because the one time Alyssa dies, she's still in the barn yes. with her arms above her head, like strung up the same way that she was before. But for some reason, later, Mr. No, not Mr. Springtime, the stranger, um, has pinned Alyssa up like a scarecrow on a cross. Yes. Uh, and they have to like get her down from there. But the last, the, the post credit sequence is Amy up on the cross again, like a scarecrow with an animal head on her. And Ben also on a cross, like being put up, like rising up. Into frame. Into frame. As if to be, continue to be offers for Mr. Springtime. And I was just like, my mind was blown out of fury because I was like, wait a second. So is, is Ben a sacrifice now? Is that the idea that like Mr. Springtime is fine taking Ben, who also has like, from what we know, a pure soul. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And Amy, who's maybe a little less because she was really excited about the kidnapping. But she's up there too. And I was just like, wait a second. If, if you could use men this whole time, but you're still kidnapping only young women for 26 years like i'm baffled i just don't even now i'm so confused and i'm like is this movie trying to say something about is this is the stranger supposed to be just this like unbelievable misogynist who like is like no only women are clean men are disgusting pigs or like no you (laughs) right now you've put more thought into it than these writers did probably oh it's just so disappointing i totally agree though it's it's absurd yeah it's for it's it's actually for specifically frustrating because that's such a gross thing to do Mm -hmm. to only have women sacrificed and at the end of the movie even as a unthinking thing to do to be like oh but lol men work too is just horrifying. Like it's yeah. just it's so disgusting to me, especially with the cleanliness aspect of it. If it's just like you've got a clean soul, good for you. But to be a specifically a woman with a clean soul is so loaded and it's just disgusting. Do you want to talk about this monster? I, if we have to. <laughs> well, I just want to say Mr. Springtime, whose name in the credits, I I like calling him Mr. Springtime. His name is Carmenor, 
which is apparently a reference to some Greek thing. I don't know. I looked it up and it had it was like a two paragraph Wikipedia page. So it's not even like a Yeah. Again, like what is with this Greek what is with these like misplaced myths in these like small American towns? Like why are we doing this? Like no. at least choose something that probably has some like basis. Yeah. In this town. Like maybe the like if this is in the Midwest, like what what people like immigrated here, emigrated here. Or and why can't it be Native American? Yeah. I guess that's racist that, too. Yeah, <laughs> no, only if there were Native American characters who were like, this is our culture. Um But no, I mean like it could still just be like an appropriation of No, no I'm saying that wouldn't be racist. It'd be racist to have these white people be like, a Native American curse, no. Like, that's racist. Like every movie? Like every movie. Like, like every Stephen King exactly. thing ever. An Indian burial ground. Oh, no. Um, but even if, if, if it was, just, aren't they making corn? Aren't they growing corn? Yes. So that would make sense if it was Native American. Yeah. Or something in order to, like, grow the freaking corn. Can I just say one thing really quickly that just made me so angry? Because I... This About movie, corn? No, about the the this, the mythology of this movie. Yeah, just that I uh, start started the movie. Uh, it starts off with a stranger, and he's watching TV in his house. He's looking at the calendar. It's got a big red X. Yes, like he's gonna forget. But this is this is his only job every year is to kidnap girls and sacrifice them. But he's watching TV, and there's it's on the TV, and there's an an announcer like an annoying announcer voice going like. We don't know how the crops this year are doing so well. Maybe the farmers made a deal with the devil. And I was like, oh no, is that this movie? Is that this movie? And then I realized the movie is called Rites of Spring. Yep. And I got yep. really... Dis- so I, this movie set me up for disappointment like literally right away. Immediately. I was not interested in this being a, I sacrifice women to make the crops grow and they get eaten by a creature. But that's exactly what this movie was and I hate it. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. And the creature is awful. He's it's a it's a dude in like a, he's got like a burlap sack on his head. Yeah, he's wrapped in rags. He's like a mummy. He looks like a mummy. Kind of. Yeah. Two and movies he, in a row with people who look kind of like mummies but aren't. I know. Oh yeah, was that the the veil demon? The veil yeah. demon also looked like a mummy. But he's even. I mean, I complained incessantly about the yeah. uh, the character design of the veil demon. I feel even worse about this dude. He is. He's just a man. Go to go to a a Halloween store right now. You can you, you can, can be him. You can, you can outspend <laughs> this movie's production budget on this monster. He literally, there's nothing to him. There's no, I mean, like they don't he, have they didn't have a special effects budget, did they at all? Probably. Probably. Did uh, they do anything? He's got worms coming out of his face. I guess. He's also called Wormface in the also, credits. Yeah, it's Carmenor slash Wormface. Just they case, couldn't pick one. Just in case you were like, who's Carmenor? <laughs> oh he's worm face got, got it got it. it he's the guy he, with worms in his face he runs around like like a human like a person he yeah. moves like a person yeah uh, he moves completely like a person and it's really funny actually sometimes there's a scene i don't remember who dies maybe it's maybe it's amy dying he runs out into a field he like appears in the back of the frame runs up to her brings his scythe swings it way above his head and just brings it down to decapitate her and then like looks at them he just like <laughs> He just likes to run around and chop heads off. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's really so genuinely bad. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. Yeah. I tend to not like, this is more of a, it's more of a preference, but many people will back me up that like running monsters are a lot less interesting than stalking monsters. Well, yeah. I mean, like to bring up another, another better, much better movie is It Follows. Yeah. And, um. That monster just walks behind you. And it means you can, like, kind of run away from it. Yeah. But you can only get so far. 
because the second that you rest, it will eventually catch up to you because it never stops walking. And this whole like chasing around thing, it just it's fine for like the old slashers, but just it just gets old after a while. Lots of the old slashers. I mean, like, don't move that fast. You know? Yeah. Yeah. At least of the classics. I feel like uh, Michael Myers isn't running. That's true. He's just appearing everywhere. I'm thinking of Jason. I feel like Jason runs a lot. Jason he's, does he's a lot of things. He's chasing you around with the... No, Jason moves pretty slowly a lot of the time. Hmm. He's all, he's just invincible, is the thing. He's like... Right. He's a it zombie, It doesn't basically. matter. Yeah. <laughs> or, like the, or the Romero zombies, the original Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead zombies right. don't run versus the Zack Snyder remake 20 zombies. days later, Or zombies, well, those are like right? bio-zombies. But I guess it's, that's the different zombies, because Walking Dead zombies are also... They're really slow, but they... They just like they overpower you by numbers alone. Yeah. Like well, they, that's all zombies. Like, there's always going to be more. Yeah, around. which is what well, that's what that's the interesting thing about like things being slow is like it doesn't matter how slow they move if there's so many of them, and there could be something interesting with this guy where like he's ma- he is magic. This is not a guy. This is not a dude. It's like, presumably a like, god, like or a demigod, a demigod or something god. like that. He's got powers. He has the powers to make the crops grow, and he is running around wrapped in rags being an, swinging his scythe around like an idiot like there's just nothing to him at all he's so boring it's bad it's really bad it's really unfortunately bad do we have anything else to talk about no i was gonna talk about like what i thought this movie was trying to say because there is something there's there's a nugget there's something there in like a like after school special kind of way what is it it's that like oh um AJ Bowen was fired and it wasn't his fault. So now he's kidnapping someone and it's Rachel's fault, but she's a good person. So should she be fired? And Ryan Hayden isn't going to be able to have a mansion anymore because his employees fuck up all the time. Like there's something that this movie is trying to say about empathy and like, and thinking about other people's feelings, I guess that could also connect somehow to like the town and sacrifice. You know what I mean? I, of people like, sacrificing something in order for the, like the betterment of others do you know what i'm saying but it doesn't i'm putting too much thought into this already like this movie is not trying to do that i don't think yeah i think that's all a stretch i don't know i think that the, having that piece of dialogue where ryan hayden and his wife kind of look like worried at each other for a second like there's a moment where she's like oh are we gonna like be okay and he's like i don't know and that moment is like that's supposed to be a moment where you're like, oh shit, like Rachel didn't just fuck up and they fired someone for the sh- for the kicks of it. Like this might have actually like really negatively affected this company and this man's li- livelihood and he has a wife and a young daughter. Like we were supposed to genuinely care about this and like worry about them. And then we're supposed to be like, oh, Rachel, she's such a good person. She shouldn't lose her job. It, w- she, it was a mistake and she was really bad about it. But Ben shouldn't lose his job because it wasn't his fault. But now he's kidnapping this girl and that is his fault. And just uh, the effects. I don't know. I just, I feel like there's something and I, they just didn't work hard enough to get there. You know what I mean? I appreciate what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there, there's some, I feel like there's some connection with the town giving up the people who live there and, or, but you no, know, but I wish, I, know, I wish, but you're, but we've already discussed it, that there isn't enough work done with this town. This town, wherever it is, does not feel fleshed out in terms of like, this town is giving up 
five of its like best and brightest young women every year and nobody gives a fuck and also like what are they giving it up for like the crops are the crops really that important to this town are they just important to this one dude who's like a farmer living off of his corn i guess like who i don't know i don't know who care i don't i don't know I'm trying really hard I know you're to trying. come up with something. <laughs> you're trying harder than Padraig Reynolds, who directed this movie, is. Or did. It's just, it makes me sad. Because I do think that there are there are good actors in this movie. A.J. Bowen is yeah. great. He's trying. Rachel's trying. It's just all failing so miserably. I'm glad that we found a few things to talk about. Yeah. Hopefully... <laughs> This was more entertaining than the movie. Yeah. I really did lose it, like, but like before I got even halfway through. So let's put it away. Yeah, let's be we're done. done. We're done. Rides of Spring, gone forever. We had really high hopes, and they were completely dashed. Fear has a season. Which now sounds really stupid in yeah, retrospect. Yeah, we were so optimistic. <laughs> it has a cool poster. It does. No. No, it's bad. It's bad. It's not good. So we're going to pick the next one. Good riddance. So time to pick the next movie mm-hmm. for our next episode. Fingers, all fingers, toes crossed that this is. It has to go up. I mean, we have to. We've had two really hard weeks. So and it's the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> so you ready? Pull up the roulette. What's up? And next week's movie is. The Amityville Horror. Oh, oh. my gosh. Okay, wait. Is this I'm the actually, original? Or no, is this it's the... the remake with um, Ryan Reynolds. The 2005 one? Yeah. Oh. I'm actually really excited because I even if I don't, even if this movie's not good, I've never seen it. I've, you haven't seen I've, it? I've only seen the original, actually, shockingly. For once, A deviation yeah. from the norm. Um, I've only seen the original and I love the original. And I feel like even if this is bad, it will be a fun remake. Like, I love remakes. I love all the fun yeah. remakes. So. It's interesting. I have seen both. Have you seen this one before? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm really interested to see what you think of it. If you love the original, which oh. it's interesting to like, be in this other position where yeah. like, you do yeah, know the original. Yeah, this is a different one. I actually, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I saw the original a really long time ago. Uh-huh. It was during my, like, I gotta absorb it all phase, which was probably, like, six or seven years ago. Yeah. And it didn't scare me, but I appreciated... Well, actually, there was one part that really scared me. Is the other part where she's in, like, a closet? Yeah. Oh, that, I, that actually did get to me, like, just as a person who doesn't like, want to be trapped in, a, in any kind of place. I'm curious to know what you think of the remake. I'm excited. I love Ryan Reynolds. This is definitely a way up, even if it's... Just for fun. Yeah. Okay, good. And, you know, like, something more important than this throwaway movie that was Rites of Spring. (laughs) True. Even the remakes, as bad as they can be, are part of a... A canon. A canon. Like, a part of a journey that a movie goes on as it has sequels and Mm -hmm. remakes and sequels of remakes. (laughs) And Amityville, I know, I have seen... I haven't seen any of them but there's like 10 million because it's based on a book yeah that well, i think based is on based a true on... story is it a true story yes amityville is like straight up real is it yes okay it's like the ultimate i think that all haunted house movies are actually based on amityville on what actually happened at amityville yeah okay yeah. and i guess except for the conjuring which is also based on a true story so yes. like i think they were trying to go a different direction but they were still trying to base it on something real but all of those stories about like you move into a house and it's great and you're excited and then you're like oh fuck it's totally freaking haunted and i'm gonna die well that should be fun so <laughs> i can't wait i'm really excited join us next time thank you to jonas Seleka for providing our theme music mm-hmm. thanks Wes craven we miss you <laughs> please <laughs> please come back and please make, come back and make movies better than rights of spring please uh, remake rights of spring better 
No, don't. <laughs> he could, though. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.